Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 24th of September, 2017. You know, the world is full of conspiracies. Something you've heard about, of course, and you, you poo-poo and you're taught to poo-poo conspiracies because those who are in Involved in the present day conspiracies Don't want you to, to believe in them at all we're, we're, we're matured now We've evolved somehow And wicked people just can't do what they used to do That's what they tell you But the whole idea of conspiracy Is to keep from the public In other words The, the interested parties Who will be damaged by The effects of the conspiracy That's really why they have conspiracies Conspiracies are often Designed to take power away from one group and give it to themselves, those involved in the conspiracies. And for the general public, it often really didn't matter so much, not quite as much in the past, about conspiracies when royal families were all competing and fighting to get the crown or, or a bigger crown over a bigger plot of land and so on. Don't forget the kings and queens used to give as their dowries countries at times. They'd be king or queen over this country, that country, and that country. And so they could actually give it away, supposedly, with all the serfs on it too, of course. And serfdom, really, it was just a form of slavery where you, you would be killed if you moved off the land you were born on because your whole function was to serve the nobility, produce for them, and do what you're told. And that was it. They like to call it a more genteel form of slavery. Mind you, they would brand people with the S if they tried to run away. That's for the few that, that were good enough that didn't get killed just for doing so. Because that was the death penalty if you were found in a different area from the one you're, you were designated to live and work in. And that's across Europe, of course. And therefore, if you could talk to people back in those days, they wouldn't laugh at the idea of conspiracy at all. It was a, a pretty regular occurrence, in fact, with different factions vying for power, different factions even within the nobilities getting together and plotting their strategies of subversion and, and so on. That's how it worked. The proles didn't count, as George Orwell said, because they never do count. Even today they don't count. Maybe even more so today they don't count. And you'll find after revolutions and so on, for a little while people had an idea of the, the, this odd fact, especially in the U.S., that they had some kind of rights. Nowhere else did they really have that, to be honest with you. Because some countries only issued rights to what they call free men, those who, who were not born into serfdom. And that lasted even in Britain for an awful long time too, that whole idea. But anyway, getting back to conspiracies, conspiracies were quite well understood by, by generations after generations. And it's only really in the 20th century they tried to do away with this whole idea of conspiracy, especially as we got closer and closer to world government, which in itself, of course, is a big conspiracy. <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it? <laughs> That's how it is. And I've gone through the history of the groups involved in world government with the, the boys at the very top, money boys, naturally, and their big uh, working groups, 
consisting of think tanks and organizations like the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council of Foreign Relations, and Trilaterals as well. They were sworn to do away with uh, national borders and sworn to basically bring in a form of world government. And that in itself, even when they keep denying it, is obvious it was set up to be a conspiracy because most folk didn't want world government, still don't. And they can only do it by, by fear. Getting back to revolutions, as soon as you think you've got some kind of freedom, that there are those who immediately want to take it away from you because it gives them power over you. And, and these kind of people never meet a kind of deal, a financial deal that they disapprove of when it involves themselves. And there's always big money involved in politicians, for instance, uh, that, that run on certain premises to con and fool the public and then change it all as soon as they get in. There's always a big, big cash reward with every change of heart. We live through conspiracy after conspiracy today, and it's in the open today because, after all, they publish their conspiracies. What does the World Economic Forum have to do with democracy? Nothing. What does the World Bank have to do with democracy? Nothing. What does the IMF have to do with democracy? Nothing. What does the United Nations have to do with democracy? Nothing. They'll use the term often enough to get what they want, but they don't believe in it. The Club of Rome was more open about the whole idea of democracy having served its purpose. And now it's an impediment to, to get the, because it stops the real natural leaders of this new system, the scientists and so on, and the multi-billionaires. It stops them from running the world. Their natural calling is to run the world because they have all this money and, and, and keep giving themselves more and more power all the time. So it's only quite natural that they should rule the world and tell us how to live, like Bill Gates and all the rest of them in the lucky gene club, as I like to call it. They're not eugenicists, mind you, at least openly to the public, but behind closed doors, and not so much closed, actually, they voice what they really think of the general population. And that's the world we live in, a world run by different factions all working together in specialized areas in one great darn conspiracy to bring in a system that even those, in, again, you, all those involved in media, big media, are handpicked to go along with all this stuff. And, uh, and they'll poo-poo any idea of, of uh, it being a conspiracy in the first place. And they think it's wonderful, too. I mean, you should also believe in world government, shouldn't you? Hmm? Really? Really? You know, the only reason, the only reason that we had all this ability to demand anything from our own governments when we used to have them, which wasn't very long for some countries at all, the only reason we had that is because we could point to more totalitarian countries and say, look, this is what happens with these empire countries. Right down to, to when the Soviet Union was formed and kept adding little blocks of countries to its already burgeoning block. And you could see that, that it wasn't going so well for all the people who were inside of it, regardless of the propaganda that was churned out there.
And it's no different reading the British Empire either. Because what was Britain? What is Britain? What are these names? What do they mean? What do they mean? What does the USSR mean? What does it mean? What does Great Britain mean? Great Britain has done this. Great Britain has done that. Great Britain has declared war. It's a corporation. It is a corporation. It's no, that part is in the open. It's, it's a corporation. But don't you get a bit offended at times and fed up when the corporation includes all of you and its great plans for slaughter and conquest and so on? Don't you get a bit fed up with it? Especially when you're going to pay for it all. You get nothing back except the bill. There's big money to be made in all these wars and so on for the corporations, but not for you. You get nothing, just the bill. And a lot of families, too, see their, their children buried early. They go off and fight for all because they're misled and propagandized and all the rest of it. They're brought up playing all the video games that were created to stop them from growing up and seeing what the world's all about. So, yeah, there's a big, big conspiracy going on. But the Club of Rome, as I say, is more open. And some of their ones are more open now about the fact that's what they want. And that, as I said, democracy, this idea of people having rights within certain boundaries, that's within your own countries, is obsolete and it's an impediment to getting the big jobs done. Margaret Thatcher said something similar, by the way, to all those adherents of Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher, remember, the politicians are just like, just like the, the, again, getting back to the, to the names that they give nations, corporations. Britain has declared war. The U.S. has declared war. It's always, you know, you're forgetting there's millions of people here behind this term, and it's all of the people. They get no say in the war at all, where you want to go or not. None whatsoever. There's always those who benefit from it too, and there's other ones that benefit of other, having other countries go to war on their behalf. That's another thing too. Very clever, and it's more clever actually, because... Because they don't have to uh, pay for it, uh, and they don't have to lose their population in the process. We live in nothing but conspiracies. Constantly. Now I can remember, and I mentioned it before, a few years ago, when I was on the air in a radio station, I mentioned about the leader of the Green Party at the time in Britain. And there's a woman who was bewailing the fact that they didn't have the same spirit that they suffered during World War II in Britain. They didn't have that obedient spirit, just because all your rights are taken off you and you're all pulled together to, for basic survival. That's how the whole propaganda wheel is, moves, is in motion for that purpose. And people will put up with things they shouldn't put up with including starvation in times of war. And yeah, you can eat as many peas as you want or whatever, but if you're not getting the right kind of proteins, that you're beginning to starve. But this woman was bewailing that fact that, that folk weren't in, you know, it was to austerity the way that they should be because she wanted to see this big plan come forth, which is of austerity for the New World Order. And I've read, I've read the books before on the air, remember? Winners and losers in the New World Order. 
by people who are involved in it and their own books, for goodness sake. It's no, you know, people will laugh at you when you say New World Order, even though you, you can quote, so you can see here's the newspaper cutouts or here's a magazine or here's the book that they published called The New World Order. Because Joe Public is so propagandized, he's taught to poo-poo whatever the talking heads on television tell them to poo-poo. They have basically handed over their brains to these propagandists called newscasters and so on. We live in a world of incredible deception. Incredible deception. You get something called democracy. As soon as you get it, there are those that must terrify you by threat of war or something to give it all up, all your freedoms and rights up, to save you all. It's always the same story. And if it's not a them over there, whatever over there happens to be at the time, it's, it's like the Club of Rome came up with their big plan, looking for something to unite the world and make folk give up all their rights and be guided and ruled by this oligarchical elite and technocrats. And they hit upon the idea of global warming, famine, drought and the like would fit the bill. That's what they said in their own words. Because that's what they were paid to come up with, a reason, and, and so a form of warfare. So man was warring against the planet, and, and that would fit the bill. Quite blatant about it. And it's never stopped yet, and they'll keep doing it too. And they came up with the idea of global warming after the whole idea of the coming ice age had failed. Don't forget that. And don't think, because it gets warm for a few years, a little bit warmer, that somehow it's all happening. That their predictions are coming true. Because in the last few years before all this stuff happened, I had nothing but rain here, rain in the summer. And the summer is very short here. And believe you me, the winters are getting longer with its freezing. And yeah, you'll get hurricanes coming in, you get tornadoes coming in, and they certainly are whipped along awfully well by the geoengineering projects that are ongoing all the time. And you all know that too, and the superheating in the atmosphere in certain areas with the HARP-type technologies, which are everywhere today, not just looking in Alaska. So this stuff is, is out in the open to an extent, but they must use whatever weaponry they can to convince the public to give up all their rights and allow, because everything, the whole future, the whole future, the whole big plan for a managed society, completely managed, birth to death for everybody, the whole plan, as I said before so many, many times, has to be fulfilled in your lifetime as well. Everything that they've dreamed about for a long time has to be done in this 21st century. And no more Agenda 21, no more private vehicles eventually. The intermediate step will be these, these electric ones which are useless anyway and way too expensive and not meant to last long. And it won't matter. Once you're all crowded in the cities, you have nothing but... Even then, you get, you get limited transportation, public transportation, and then they start dwindling away with it too. They want you just stuck in your own little walking area. That's really what they want. And they've talked about it, and they've planned it, and they've debated it. And who's they, them, and all the rest of it? Well, I've talked about the organizations before. There are so many of them, all living off your taxpayers' buck. And lots of the bucks. That's also a reason why... They have so many people working for them. It's so darned lucrative. Many of the departments they're throwing up don't even need qualifications. 
They just want you on board with another official sounding name to fool the public and to churn out the kind of data they want to hear. And I really mean that. It's that blatant. But conspiracies, they don't exist, they say. They don't exist. That's what they tell you. So funny, isn't it, really? Even during the last election in the US, probably the most publicized elections in the world, you had people going undercover into the different parties to see the dirty tricks they came up with. And then the left wing was, was terrible because the left wing was always the, the big, big battering ram used by the global elite. They want, and I've said it so many times, it's nice to hear other hosts eventually parroting what I say, but without, unfortunately mentioning where they get it from, but that's a different topic again. But getting back to what I'm saying, it's fascinating to watch all these, these real predictions come true. Only predictions because I read the stuff that they print themselves at the top and how they do it and what they plan to do. It's done in such a way to be spread across so many organizations to give you that the Joe, Joe Prol, that the, the belief that it's overwhelming. That's, that's what it's meant to do. That you can't fight this thing. That's why they have so many organizations churning out, churning out, churning out their papers and studies on the same things. But where you've got one group churning out a bunch of irrelevant lies and non-facts or untruths as I like to call them, or a thousand of them parting the same things, it doesn't make it any less of, a, of an untruth or lie, does it? But what you must do is, is terrify the public to give up their rights. Just like the Green Party woman said. They were so nice, well-behaved, all pulled together, they suffered together, the whole thing, in that time of war. So you give them, as the Club of Rome said, a, a war on man, man was the enemy. And don't think it's to do with climate. That's the excuse. Everything's banking on it. That's why they're ready. And they will start jailing people that speak out and say it's all phony. And then if they jail you, you might, be, <laughs> you might be getting off lightly because I think they're going to go a lot further than that. When you realize the money, too, for the big giant corporations are completely on board with this whole thing. Because they're going to reap incredible rewards from it all. Well, they don't just sit back and let some little prol uh, upset the apple cart for them. It won't happen. And their whole future, the whole future of their economies and their fortunes depend on pulling all of this off. I, I don't think they have any problem pulling it off because they've been brainwashing the children for years. And you always go, you, whenever you start brainwashing the children, it's always to do with a big agenda to benefit someone else. Lenin said it, Stalin said it, they all say the same thing, grab the children. Indoctrinate them and they'll, they're yours, they'll be yours for life. No matter what facts uh, point out to uh, what they've been taught, it's all nonsense. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make any difference at all to them. So we're living through the biggest con of all, and so much is riding upon it. And getting back to what I was saying earlier, we used to hold on to our rights by pointing to, to the evil empires across the sea, wherever the empire happened to be at the time, or where people were being abused by their systems, etc. 
We could always point to them and say, look at that. We don't want to have, be like them. You don't have that now because the media is global. It's global media. Everybody who gets into the media is, immediately catches on, as, as though they didn't know beforehand, though. But they, they catch on very quickly what they're supposed to say and what they're supposed to think and what not to say. Of course they do. It's in your face. You'll find that we're really rushing ahead now with this big, big system. Now, when it gets even to the wars, etc., and the rumors of wars, etc., that's why they always have that things like that in the Bible, because it will always have them. You're always going to have wars. You're always going to have rumors of wars. You're always going to have earthquakes in different places. It's the way of life on this very fragile planet. But they always pull out the book over and over and over again when it suits them too to get everybody on board with it. Oh, well, it's God's will that all this is happening. Oh, my goodness, wow. So we better go along with what God wants. And God wants a unified planet under, under people you might think of as being tyrants. Isn't it rather difficult to tell people who have never been free that they have a freedom? And if they have freedom, why... Are there all these organizations threatening them, terrifying them, worrying them to death to get them to give up that freedom? Do you realize it's an awfully important thing to have? Freedom encompasses lots of other things too, like privacy. The reason that this whole world can rush ahead at the speed it is today is with technology. When the complete invasion of privacy where everyone is profiled and added to the profile daily. Daily. So important to the big boys. And they know who is a nuisance. They know who can cause trouble. They know the ones that are simply crazy and they can forget them. They know all this stuff. What? But it's awfully important to them, isn't it? Awfully important. To know where everybody is in their headspace. And they can predict where you'll be in five years' time in your headspace at the rate you're perhaps going right now. And you might get nipped in the bud before you become a problem, where you haven't even clued in yet to half the things I've been talking about. But they know that one day you will. That's how bad it is, and that's why it's all out there. Nothing to do with, with how much terrorism has been stopped by monitoring everybody's phones, for instance, and all their internet tweets and so on. How much is it, hey? I read the articles where they admit in Britain elsewhere that not one has been stopped by them. Of course, now they're putting out other stuff, of other propaganda saying, no, they'll stop lots and lots of them. They can't tell you who or what because of national security, but that's what they claim. So it doesn't matter, as I say, it doesn't really matter. Truth doesn't matter today. Facts don't matter. And then you, you get even into the alternate, what used to be called the alternate media, where people would regurgitate different facts of history, some with definite spins and definite bents as to where they wanted you to go and so on. But at least you had you had different additions to what happened in history, which were provable to a lot of them. And that was awfully, awfully important. And God bless the people, really, who a little bit different from everybody else, and they get into their uh, bee in their bonnet, and they go on this quest, and they'll stick in a particular tunnel of, of the quest their entire life. 
But in that tunnel, they see so much in that area, and they can come out and tell people all about it. And so they're a specialist in a particular area of this system and its big agenda. And it is an agenda. You know it's an agenda because the big boys themselves have said so. They tell you all the time in all kinds of ways. Sometimes very straightforward, other times a little bit more camouflaged, but it's, they're always telling you. It's no coincidence that Karl Marx talked about three trading blocks, United Europe, United Americas, and the Far East group. That's no coincidence. And then you find out that we get that after World War II. It was already set up before. They wanted to do it after World War I, but they couldn't quite pull off. So they, they gave you another World War to make it happen. And today, of course, they're, they're telling you, we've got to stop even that going to the next step. We must get global governance to save the world. And you're told this by thousands of big international corporate bosses, CEOs of corporations, who can see the extra million-dollar bonuses, multi-million-dollar bonuses, if they get a world government on the go. When they have that kind of allurement and entitlement uh, promised them, they aren't going to just give that up. They're in it for that kind of reason. That's where their loyalty happens to be. Whoever gives them the biggest buck. And they'll, it's sad to say, but you can only do this with a naive population. And that's why so much work goes into keeping you naive. And the naive people are tested all the time. The simplest test is, they're going to do this to you and that to you. And they'll turn around and tell you, oh, they'd, not, they'd never do that. Whatever it happens to be, like, like, the, the, like the, the spraying that all countries have done on their own populations with different diseases. And so I've read the articles here from the Department of Defense doing these experiments in Britain and elsewhere in Canada too. And it doesn't make any difference, does it? Oh, they'd never... We've changed since then. We've changed. We've evolved. We've done... We've taken a great leap forward in the last 40 years, uh, you know, mentally in the whole bit. Uh, That's what the people say. Because they want to... It's too much for them to believe that there's really nasty people at the top running the whole system who really, really don't give a damn about your survival. That terrifies them. And I don't blame them at all. Not at all. Political parties, to me, are nonsense. Complete nonsense. When the same agenda continues, regardless of what party is voted in, then, as Jefferson said, no, then you're under tyranny when an agenda continues. An agenda for NAFTA and all the rest of these things, continuous signings, continuous renegotiations, that's what it's all about too. But eventually it's to be complete amalgamation. Each time they come out with this amalgamation thing, and they they, they this again in real time through MIT and the rest of it, giving access to the, the data on the internet, they'll, they'll tell them right away, okay, the folk aren't, the folk aren't really responding in a negative way and continue. But generally we are negative. When we hear this kind of thing, we don't like it at all. So they back off a bit and then it goes quiet again. Right? This whole idea of let's deal with all the borders goes quiet again. And then they commit it from a different, a different angle. Oh, we've got to do this, we've got stacks of refugees, wouldn't they? And it'd be far easier if we have no borders and so on, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's incessant. 
Außen sassen. Or we can't, we gotta compete with China. Who is kidding who? Huh? Huh? The average worker in China couldn't even afford to pay the taxes we pay here. They couldn't afford to even pay the heating costs we have here, energy costs and so on. How are we going, we going to compete with China? Rubbish. And, and the thing is, I said it as a joke years and years ago, before they brought the GATT treaty right through to, to, to give China all the work, etc. I says the next thing they'll do once they've, they've done all this and all our factories are in China is telling us we'll have to compete with them. What a joke. And, and it turned out to be exactly that, though. Oh, we got to compete with China. Who's kidding who? Oh, now, now we can amalgamate the whole of the Americas. And they've already signed the deals with the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Well, in other words, we, we can amalgamate with Europe too. Then we can compete with China. Who is kidding who? But they do treat us like fools and dolts, don't they? Don't they really? Don't you get a bit fed up with that? Don't you get fed up with it? These trained, lying prostitutes... They come out and tell you to your face, at least not quite to your face, a bit of glass and they stare at the camera, that you have to give up all your rights and freedoms to save the world. And that you're at fault because you use heat to keep alive in the winter. Tut, tut, tut. Like they don't. Hmm? Ah, yo, 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 yo. But the psychology and the neuroscience and the behaviorists organizations all working against you is pretty phenomenal. Again, using your dollars to get themselves off the big fat paychecks as they try to do you in. And you do get fed up too with these ongoing darn wars, getting back to the wars. Now, we know, for instance, that, that Trump made speeches before he was elected to different groups and so on, promising this and that and the other. And then they've probably seen them with the latest talk of the United Nations, where he, where he did the, the good. The, remember, too, I don't put anything into politicians or heads of state giving speeches or anything because they read the script that's written for them by other people. We even know who wrote the script for, for Trump. We know. So I'd be, I'd be amazed if he didn't pull it off right, because he just had to look right and, and talk for a, a few minutes, staring there, because they, they actually see it in the invisible board there. And then turn to the right and all that, and see the right things. And then the media picks up, because all in cue, because it's all prearranged. The one line dreamed up by the marketing company that came up with it will call um, uh, the leader of North Korea, Rocket Man. And that's all they talk about. Like, like nothing else was said at this meeting. The meeting basically had a declaration of war against Iran and Syria. The continuation of the neocon agenda with this list is the same continuation, the same list that Wesley Clark talked about and others talked about and even the PNAC group itself published in the 90s. Same list. And of course, they'll demonize the, 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 the people and the nations involved. They'll always demonize them as though they're the worst thing. I put Ronald Reagan was good at that. He did the, the, the great maneuvering of the big guns from one country to the next and the evil empire and this and that and the other. It was, it was quite good. And again, written, written for him by his speechwriters too. They, yeah, that's why they have these speechwriters who come up with it. And there are guys who are trained in, in marketing and all the rest of it. 
and slogans. And also, too, Mr. Trump said that the poor people in Venezuela, they can't just stand back and watch all this happening. It's chaos. And you know, you know that the big boys that back Trump really, really care about people. They care about everybody, right? And and as soon as they get into Venezuela, they'll be grabbing the oil fields and, everything, and the gas and and so on, you know. You really begin to lose all faith in humanity. These blatant, blatant techniques now, because we've heard them and read about them too and listened to them and seen them for so darn long. You get so sick and fed up with it all. You really do, don't you? So you have this article here. The Senate backs massive increase in military spending. And a call for a bigger, stronger military, all the usual stuff and so on. And then you have this one here too. More than 3,000 troops heading to Afghanistan. And Afghanistan, the reason it's been massive build-up there is because it's on the border with Iran, obviously. That's why the change of heart a little while back, when he, he, he changed his mind about pulling people out of Afghanistan. And it just goes on and on, as I say. It's so predictable, and that's what makes it life kind of boring for some people. There's quite a few articles on the same kind of thing, the military spending, etc., etc. And that's how life really is, isn't it? It's nothing to do with us. We don't count. Under the definition of what's called... Remember, too, the U.S. is supposed to be a republic. And a republic is contained. The system is contained within laws and so on. But I've read the articles too, and many others have as well, to do with the Council on Foreign Relations and when they had people years ago who said that rather than take the Constitution on head-on, they would simply do make a, a run around it, and that's what they've done ever since. Your rights and freedoms have been run around and pretty well taken away from the people to keep them safe, supposedly, in a time of terrorism. Any excuse will do to get the same thing going on, eh? Now, back to the big, big agenda and how hundreds, if not thousands, of organizations are all paid big money to propagandize the general population and to go along with uh, carbon taxes and everything else and giving up your rights. All paid by your tax money. It's astonishing how they always... I've always said that, too. They also will make the chains for the peasantry uh, by taxing them for the, the cost of it. That's what happens. The Global Research Alliance on Agricultural Greenhouse Gases brings countries together to find ways to grow more food without growing greenhouse gas emissions. Launched in December 2009. Sounds wonderful. Isn't it wonderful all these altruistic groups just, just come out of nowhere and start churning out all this information and propaganda? Yeah. You'd be amazed at the kind of financing they get, of course, naturally. And big, big bucks. And it says, they have a charter now and it establishes the Alliance's Council. So they have a council already, the Alliance Council, which is a representative body of all member countries. Just like that. Did you vote them in? No. No. Nope. 
but they're there now. Members of the Alliance aim to deepen and broaden mitigation research efforts across the agricultural subsectors of paddy, rice, cropping and livestock, and coordinate cross-cutting activities across these areas. Now, I'll just give you a little tie-in here. And I've said it so many times, the big boys, and it's been copied by others since, are running the world and want to run it completely efficiently by a, a communistic type system for the general public with stacks of bureaucrats and agencies running your lives for you and above it you have the true the true capitalist oligarchs running it all at the top for themselves and that's what they call the ordered society now, under they use communism or communistic techniques. That's why they, they studied and helped communism along to study its techniques, to, see, to iron out any faults that they had and so on. But certain things they kept. Now, what they always do when they take over is they take over the food industry. That is not a coincidence. Under No matter what guise they do it under, it's always the same. And they'll kick farmers off their lands. Now they're bringing them into corporate farms and have been doing that for years, massive corporate farms. And then they have all these almost agricultural agencies of bureaucrats above it all who have never lifted a spade in their lives running the show. And it always ends up with everything getting more and more expensive and more scarce because they love to create scarcity so the prices go up and up and up for the big corporate farmers, the big corporations. It's no coincidence. Anyway, they're right into the food industry naturally to save the world for, because you see, you just can't eat all that stuff without creating carbon and so on and, and all these emissions. Hmm. It's all your fault. So the reason the alliance is there, it claims it's a vital role in food security. The best food security is for folk to have access to grow their own stuff, and at the very least to have little farms all around them, which we had not so long ago, put out by the, by the government, so they tax them out of existence alone. It says here that sustainable development, there you go, sustainable. Now, sustainable development also means that there's limits to growth, which is also another book by the Club of Rome, the big think tank for the big boys at the top. And the, the, what it means is, is no, more, more, no more factories and so on. Under limits to growth, it's really the end of all growth. That's what they really meant by it. They're not going to bring your factories back. Not going to happen. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to give you a stack of PDFs to do with carbon management journals and so on and all the rest of it. But they, they do put out these tenders to different organizations for, to do studies for them and to do work for them. And, and of course, those who take the tenders know exactly what, what, the, what the big boys want to hear and they'll do their surveys, etc. And they'll spin it in a way that'll keep the boys happy at the top. So they can read the surveys off to the general public, little bits and bites on the newsreels. But it's to do with data, big data they're calling it now, for beef and dairy. Understanding the effects of variations in individual animal production on greenhouse gas emissions. And they give you details on this. This is tendered out to the organisations to do these surveys. The general public are not involved. In fact, they don't even want the public to know about these things. 
because they're using your tax money for all, of course, too. Yeah. And it said that uh, it's got the reference number to it, to Big Data, and the opening and closing dates for it. And it's got requests for proposals and tender coverage on behalf of procurement agent, it says. And it gives you the categories of land and soil management. The region here is New Zealand, but they have them across all the countries. Canada's got them all. We all have them all. And they even tell you what qualifications you need and all the rest of it, which is awfully interesting, you see, because remember, this is tendered out to people who are in the know, who are really the parasites who live off the taxpayer, but with one survey after another, that's pretty well what they do. And so it says pre-qualifications required are, guess what, none. How about that, eh? And it gives the contact that you get in touch with and so on. And it seeks to procure a research project to support and extend the work of the Global Research Alliance on Agricultural Greenhouse Gases. Specifically, it's Livestock Research Group. The project title is Big Data for Beef and Dairy. Understanding the effects of variation on individual animal production on greenhouse gas emissions. Now, remember, the agenda too is to cut back on all meat production for the general public. And they're not kidding where they talk about substitutes for meat, right down to having you eat insects and locusts and crickets and stuff. Because they're going to bring you into... Again, don't think... Remember what that woman in the Green Party said a few years ago. The same circumstances under a total war situation where you'll put up with anything right down to starvation-level diets. Remember that. Don't forget that. Anyway, when they put up, as I say, their PDFs, as a stack of them, a carbon footprinting of New Zealand, lamb, and UK Parliament emissions from crops because they're all involved in it too and DEFRA too from Britain's involved in it Global Research Alliance one this, this particular one I'm talking about here and so on this is a stacks of data that they give out to their members to fill out screeds and screeds of blips and bytes and all that on computers and and then regurgitate it back to the general public which means you've got to tighten your belt and you can't go on like that and stop eating meat and all the rest of it under the guise of saving greenhouse gases and it is a guise it is a guise but I will put it up all this stuff tonight it is interesting. And then again, to the Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs, which is DEFRA, the government department responsible for environmental protection, food production, and standards. When you have your governments involved in food production, it generally means the opposite is food reduction. Anyway, agriculture and fisheries, etc., and rural committees in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, Corn Cordits, set out agreed frameworks for cooperation between it and the Scottish Government, Welsh Government, Northern Ireland, Executive, etc., etc., etc. Another one, too, is to do with beef, cattle, and sheep carbon footprint. Ties right in with it. And I'll put that up, too, because, as I say, it's all, it's all your protein sources that are going after big time under the guise of saving the world, because it's a, it's a guise, remember. They want to reduce the population drastically. Scientists go after the media for highlighting a study showing the 
intergovernmental panel on climate change models were wrong, it says. A climate model expert, imagine having an expert in a climate model, told the Washington, it's kind of like someone who's doing astrological charts and and conjunctions of this and that and the other thing will cause blah, 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 blah. That's really what it's like. The Washington Post, there would be extra eyes really scrutinizing a new study claiming climate models predicted more global warming than has been observed this century. And he was right. Climate scientists have ruled to criticize a study published in the journal Nature Geoscience, which found that less warming in the early 20th century suggests a slightly easier, though still difficult, ability to meet the goals of the Paris Accord. So if they don't go along with the full agenda and they come out with stuff that doesn't mesh with it, they're told to turn as one big unit and criticize them, put them down. That's really what it means. Uh, because this, because remember, the whole agenda for, for social change hangs on this. It's, it's, this is the big plan. This is the excuse they came up with. The excuse they came up with, remember. A new study, it says, another major study confirms the IPCC's climate models were wrong. I'll also put up this on the Paris Agreement, open the debate on whether limiting warming to 1.5 degrees centigrade is compatible with current emission pledges and a warming of about 0.9 degrees centigrade. And it goes on and on and on. This is the kind of stuff they know the general public are not going to read. And that's what they count on. (laughs) That's why it's such a bureaucratic rubbish. Now, China, Canada and the EU and partners push forward on the Paris Climate Accord. They tax you into into the dirt, basically. And so they're, they're doing this regardless of the U.S. at the moment, who hasn't gone along with it. Remember, Donald Trump said that things are open. You know, he hasn't squashed them. He just says, he's got to keep support back home for the wars that are coming up. He's got to keep some support in the meantime. That, that's politics. This little oddity here, perhaps I don't know how odd it is, actually, but I just snuck it in here. Miami-Dade mayor, no code enforcement for next month after warning notices given following Irma. So as soon as the hurricane was through, uh, out come the, the cops with their, with their code enforcements. No kidding you. Here you are, <laughs> people literally soaking wet the whole thing and watching bits of their houses floating away and all the rest of it. And they're given, given these uh, code enforcements. Hours after Irma passed, many of us were out clearing trees and branches from our yard. One Miami-Dade man got a visit from the county to bring him a warning. His reaction is, call help me Howard with Patrick Fraser. As Irma whipped through South Florida, Celso Perez and his family were like many of us, having winds up to 100 miles per hour, and we were basically hunkered down in in the closet, scared to death. Monday morning, Irma had passed and it was clear. At 9 a.m., Celso and his neighbors went outside to get to work, to clear up. We had a lot of trees down the street, and the streets were blocked. We were out there, and, says, uh, uh, and our neighbors cutting the branches down, trying to open up the streets. Later the afternoon that day, as Celso was clearing the tree branches, a car pulled up from Miami-Dade County. It says we thought uh, he was here to help us or offer some type of assistance with the trees. And it says the code enforcement guy did give Celso something. 
He said he would have to cite me for having my fence down. The fence fell down, you know, we got lost probably. The warning was slapped on the part of the fence still standing. Celso is a very calm guy. His reaction was this. See, I laughed and I thought he was joking. He was kidding. You're kidding, right? We just had a hurricane six hours ago. No, I'm not kidding. I have to cite you for this. He says, I just laughed. Okay, whatever. Knock yourself out. He was told he was given the warning because the fence Irma knocked over made it easy to access his pool and he needed to fix it. Celso Perez says, which I could not do that day because all the stores were closed. I mean, this is the hurricane going through, right? It's not like I can go to Home Depot and find some temporary barrier. The code enforcement officer told me he would write up a report and be back to check on him. If my fence had not been put back up when he came back, he would have to write me a fine or fine me for that. Anyway, apparently the mayor not popped out and getting these complaints and told them that nothing will happen for 30 days or something. See, that's your technocratic society now. And it's, there's plenty of folk like this officer who's uh, out for, you know, promotion and all the rest of it. And that's how, unfortunately, bureaucrats and the totalitarian regime uh, get up the ladder. Now, this is an article I've mentioned many statements from the big foundations themselves that come up with the whole idea for the con of global warming and climate change and carbon and all the rest of it. And this this article was actually, I think, printed in Forbes magazine back in 2013, where it first appeared. But it says global warming was never about climate change. Climate change policy is about how we redistribute de facto the world's wealth. IPCC official Ottman Edenhofer, that's what he said. That's the facts of it, folks. For the far left, that's what they're told to believe in. But for the boys that run the far left, they know it's about really managing the whole planet and plundering it too. And they have no intention of helping anybody except themselves. And it says that President Obama has put salvation from dreaded climate catastrophes on his action agenda, hot list, etc., etc. And it says that sort of scary presidential prognostication isn't new, meaning that, oh, you've got to give up all your rights and freedoms to save the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. He previously emphasized at the Democratic National Convention that global warming was not a hoax, referred to recent droughts and floods as a threat to our children's future and pledged to make the climate a second-term priority. As much as I hate to nitpick his doomsday scenarios, it might be appropriate to correct a few general misconceptions before getting back to that overwhelming judgment of science stuff. Regarding wildfires, for example, the numbers since 1950 have decreased globally by 15%. According to the National Academy of Science, they will likely continue to decline until around mid-century. As for those droughts, a recent study published in the letter of the journal Nature indicates that globally there's been little change in drought over the past 60 years. And as the UN Climate Panel concluded last year, some regions of the world have experienced more intense and longer droughts in particular in southern Europe and West Africa, but in some regions, droughts have become less frequent, less intense, or shorter, for example, in central North America and northwestern Australia. 
remember, it's only now because this is the agenda that they keep telling you about these things when things, anything happens, even minor things, to make it seem that it's catastrophic in nature. But we've always had these things happen. And it's talking too about global hurricane activity, measuring total energy, accumulated uh, cyclone energy, they call it, is actually at a low not encountered since the 1970s. You can also get the link towards that as well. In fact, the U.S. has currently experienced the longest absence since when this was written of, of uh, severe landfall hurricanes in over a century. But supposing these recent circumstances were different, because after all, climate really does change. Of course it changes all the time. Then they go into who said what to do with it all. Now listen, Maurice Strong, who was the front man for the Rockefeller Foundation, the big world agenda, he's picked up and trained for it. It says here, remarks offered by Maurice Strong, who organized the first United Nations Earth Climate Summit in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil revealed the real goal. He says, we may get to the point where the only way of saving the world will be for industrialized civilizations to collapse. Remember, again, too, it was part of the Club of Rome that came up with the idea, and they said, too, that limits to growth was the end of all industry, etc., etc. And Maurice Strong added, isn't it a responsibility to bring this about? This is the guy who had all the countries sign on to this. It tells you all about your leaders, doesn't it? Former U.S. Senator Timothy Worth, then representing the Clinton-Gore administration and U.S. Undersecretary of State for Global Issues, addressing the same Rio Climate Summit audience, agreed. He says, we've got to ride the global warming issue. But to ride it, really push it to the maximum, in other words. Even if the theory of global warming is wrong, we will be doing the right thing in terms of economic policy and environmental policy. He now heads the United Nations Foundation, which lobbies for hundreds of billions of U.S. taxpayer dollars to help underdeveloped countries fight climate change. It doesn't get to the people, remember. Everybody has a good payoff that's associated with all this thing. And then you have the same thing. Deputy Assistant of State Richard Benedict, whoever that is, never heard of him, who then headed the policy divisions of the U.S. State Department. He says, Global Warming Treaty Kyoto must be implemented even if there is no scientific evidence to back the enhanced greenhouse effect. In 1988, former Canadian Minister of the Environment, Christine Stewart, told editors and reporters of the Calgary Herald, no matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. Again, the redistribution of your wealth. In 1996, former Soviet Union President Michael Gorbachev, who was brought over to the U.S. and given the Presidio as his base for his big charitable organization of Sovietized brainwashing, basically, into the same agenda, he emphasized the importance of using climate alarmism to advance socialist Marxist objectives. He says the threat of an environmental crisis will be the international disaster key to unlock the new world order. This is his words, no mine. And then speaking at the United Nations Conference on Climate Change in The Hague in 2000, former President Jacques Chirac of France explained why the IPCC's climate initiative supported a key Western European Kyoto Protocol objective for the first time, humanity is instituting a genuine instrument of global governance. 
one that should find a place within the World Environmental Organization, which France and the European Union would like to see established. In other words, it's for completely different reasons than the ones that tell the general public. And God help you if you say so, and point it out because we're becoming completely intolerant since everything is riding on this big, big, big phony agenda. Sad, isn't it? But then to tell you there are no conspiracies, even when you can expose them. Quite something, isn't it, really? And unfortunately, the public are so bombarded with bits and bytes of info, but no real in-depth anything. And apart from that, they can't really hold their attention for long on something like this. They, they have been trained to leave all these things to their betters, folk who come out of special rooms and who somehow just, just appear there to manage their lives. And they're, they're being taught this deliberately, not to be involved and not to participate in managing their own lives or the future for themselves or their children. That's what they're being taught. This is, remember what the Club of Rome said, democracy is too cumbersome now. It's an impediment to progress. And Maggie Thatcher also said much the same in a sense. When she left politics, she was suddenly initiated into the big Rolling Chief International Affairs group. And she said, she said, I belong to a group now which is comprised of high-level bureaucrats, high-level leaders, ex-leaders of countries who all know each other and we can get the big jobs done without having to go through Parliament to get uh, approval, etc. That's what runs the world. And for those who do care and, and those who are awake, don't worry, don't, don't kick yourself when you can't get through to other people. Remember, the, the primal objective really is for you yourself to understand things. That's an achievement in itself. That's an incredible achievement. If you've got the ability and you've come to the stage where you can really, really understand what's happening. That's since all the odds were to prevent you from childhood onwards from ever learning this stuff. Quite something, eh? So I'm Alan Watton from Ontario, Canada. It's good night. And may your God, how your gods go with you. <laughs>